Hello, everybody. Um, this is another episode of what you saw last night, or what we saw last night. We are here today with Arzang Zafar, co-director of the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival, which runs November 2nd through the 12th, 12th which I, I, it just hit me how long that is. Yeah, so like we're super stoked to have you on here. I've had the fortune of attending um, some films in the past. So, um, yeah, no, just thanks so much for uh, being on here. And everyone, just do a quick introduction of yourself and tell us uh, your favorite movie. Hi, and thanks for having me. Um, I didn't have a favorite movie prepared, but let me see. I'm going to say that my favorite movie is uh, Taste of Cherry. If you haven't seen it, check it out. I'm Enrique. I am very sorry that I'm late. It's hard to pick out a favorite movie, but if I can kind of dig in my brain right now, I would probably say Tombstone. That's my final answer. Okay. I'm Julia. Um, my favorite movie is The Blair Witch Project. And um, I'm Pat. My favorite movie is Jurassic Park. Um Love dinosaurs. Good choices. Yeah, all around good choices. Let's uh, get right into it. Arzang, how did you get involved with, with the film festival? And like, what was your first impression? Because uh, we were talking a little bit, and you're, you're from the Bay Area, so you made your way over to Philly. And what was it like, I guess, you know, your first impression with the film festival? Uh, yeah, um, good question. So I moved to Philly in 2017, and not for any particular reason. I kind of was just like adrift and ended up here. And I was just looking for ways to like engage uh, with, you know, whatever creative things were happening, like community organizations, etc. And then eventually a friend of mine who I knew from high school, who also lived in Philly, told me about the Philadelphia Asian American Film Festival and um, suggested that I come to like a monthly uh, staff meeting that they had of like staff and volunteers just to like kind of see because I guess she thought it would interest me and it did and yeah I signed on to um, be a like a just like a like a screener just someone who like watches submissions initially and then I got more into um, film programming like would like curate like shorts programs and um, help curate events and stuff and then in 2020 uh they were looking for a new programming director and i was asked to to step into that role which was an awkward time to be doing that because we were uh <laughs> having to like figure out how to make the festival work during covid and so it was entirely virtual and we had to figure out all these new ways of like functioning so that was a challenge and then i just stayed on and then yeah started this year as one of the new festival directors. Oh, I mean, that's a pretty cool, like, story how you, like, came in and a friend, like, just thought of you, like, hey, I think you would like this, and now you're co-director. That's, that's, like, an awesome recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I have a habit of, like, falling into things <laughs> passively, so that kind of happened here, but I definitely, yeah, I mean, I, I, I've valued the, the experience of getting to watch these films and getting to work with these filmmakers and 
and the other the other staff and other volunteers enough to stick around. So yeah, it's always like the most random moments that are kind of like the best. I feel like I the job that I have now. I've been here for seven years. September twenty sixth or something was like seven years that I've been here, and I got this job by accident. Like I did not. I didn't apply for this job. Like I applied for a different one, but this is the one that like I accidentally clicked on. And I mean, seven years later, like I'm here and, you know, it kind of worked out, which is pretty cool. And it's, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's like it sometimes when stuff happens by accident, it ends up being like the, I don't know. It ends up being like probably the best thing instead of like planning. Yeah. I mean, I think some people, I don't know. It's sort of a false dichotomy. I think this thing of like, either you go with the flow or you like make your own, you know, uh, create your own path. I think you can just do both and like shit will happen. Yeah, I agree. What does like film mean to you? Are you like a, like a film cinema person or, you know, like, you know, so kind of like elaborate on that. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I mean, what does it mean to me? It means a lot, obviously, uh, I'll just say as far as my own personal background, I, I, I went to film school. I did some kind of like, I, well, I made, I made some student films. I wrote some screenplays. I did some work in like production for a bit. Um, not really my, I figured out basically like working on film sets and whatnot was just not my thing, but, uh, I were, I worked as a, uh, script reader for a bit. I worked, I did like video art just for my own you know, creative fulfillment. Um, right now I, uh, don't really do a whole lot as far as like filmmaking. I mean, I don't do any filmmaking. I, I write, but that's about it. And then, yeah, in terms of like, I guess in a more abstract sense, um, I think, I mean, as with any, I guess, artistic medium, creative medium, I think film is, a. obviously film can be like a, a beautiful thing unto itself just in the way that it depicts the human experience or um, the many facets of our existence, et cetera. But like, you know, it's all like with any art, it's also a tool, right? It, it, it's a way of expressing an idea or, or, you know, multitude of ideas. And so I think to me, that is, I guess, the most interesting uh, utility of film is um, how it can be used to either in the most straightforward way it can be used to promote agendas it can be used to express um, you know it can be used to express a feeling that uh, maybe can't be expressed through words because it's you know it's a, it's a medium that is like hypersensory right, right. Um, it's just so, there's just so many it, it's it's a very like multi-use multi-purpose tool that I think uh, can serve so many different purposes. And I think that's sort of what's fascinating about it to me. Is Was film always something that like, kind of attracted you as a kid? Or like when, when, when you were younger, like what, was there like a film that kind of made you say, oh yes, this is something that I can get myself into? Like were you always interested in it or did it like creep up on you at some point mm-hmm. in your life? I think, I think I was always interested to some degree. I I remember when I when I was a kid, I used to, I I guess before I had the the language to be able to, or like the 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 skill or the resources or whatever to be able to like 
try to make my own films, I would like mock up uh, like movie posters that I would like uh, draw or like make little like collages of um, for like fake movies that I would like come up with. Like that was my way of engaging with it. And then, you know, as I got a little bit older, I would, you know, make little videos and things like, like a lot of, like, you know, like, like many people do. I think, I think particularly like my generation, I don't know how, how much, I assume I'm older than y'all, but I don't know by how much I, I feel like it, it, it has become how a very common you? thing. How old are you? Um, I'm uh, 29. Oh, no, yeah, I, I got you, B. I'm 33. Oh, okay. I, I, I don't I know totally why I you were younger. Oh, no, I'm um, all, well, thank you. People say I act younger, but I'm also 33, so... Okay, well, I'm the, I guess I'm the youngster here. Never mind. Um, I'm, I'm 28, so you got me beat. Okay, okay. You're right in the... Um, not in the middle, but... But anyway, we're, we're all basically of the same generation, and yeah. I think it was a very... I feel like it was a very common experience of people growing up around the time that we grew up to, like, get into, like, you know, video making and, and experimenting with amateur filmmaking. Yeah, and it was just super fun, and or it got to be something that I don't know. I mean, I don't think there was ever a point where I really wanted to do it professionally, um, because I just never had that kind of goal at all in anything. You know, like I was never, right. I was never thinking about career in any in anything really. So I, I just like I went to film school because I got in, and it seemed like it would be fun. That was basically it. No, that's, that's interesting because I know when, and, and you just mentioned it, like when I was younger, I don't even know how we came across, uh, We my dad one day just came across a video camera and said, oh, you know, I'm going to get you guys this video camera. And he was, he was dating someone at the time. She had, um, she had kids that uh, were around my age and we would, what we would do is the skits in song like in on albums we would either recreate a skit or we would try to make a skit on video and then at the time too that's when that's when jackass was a thing so you know we would throw ourselves off of like the the porch and you know wrestling was big so we would always i'm talking about like maybe 98 97 98 and wrestling was huge so like we would do all this stuff and at one point, I was like, "Oh my god, I wanna, I would love to do film." But then my dad made me give my camera away to my aunt, and I never got back into it. But there's like when I would do stuff for the job. Um, recently, we had to do certain things for the job, like during COVID, where we would have to make videos, and I would like I remember how much fun it was to edit the videos and like I always had a passion for editing because I, I I did photography for a while so like I always had a passion for editing and the reason I brought it up is because I would remember when we were kids trying to put that together trying to put like different clips together and it was like the cassette it wasn't like digital at the time I'm sure they had digital but I didn't we didn't have one and I just remember how much fun it was to try to get like the right shot and i did think about it really briefly in high school, but then I, I I chose a different path. But I was just curious if there was something like maybe one specific thing that kind of led you to, you know, to to this uh, mm. profession. You know, uh, well, maybe not, maybe not, 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 not to the profession, but uh, I, I'm thinking about it. You know, what was kind of 
um, a sort of source of inspiration. I remember distinctly like being in, um, uh, I guess like late middle school, early high school, or I mean, just middle school or early high school. Um, uh, do you remember those, um, uh, what, what were they? S SNL, like digital shorts. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. where it was like the lonely island or whatever I, yes. I mean, for whatever reason those really hit a nerve for like me and my friends and we used to like try to like make basically like videos that were like knockoffs of those yeah it looked like fun like it, it was like it looked simple but it also was like they portrayed fun like very well so yeah and i feel like well i, I guess they also stood out because like snl generally is not very funny and those were actually yeah. good yeah <laughs> But the the doing that process of all right, cool, we're gonna do our own. That's where you know that's where the fun is. And yeah. I don't know if and if you got you probably do, but I don't know if you guys remember. At one point in life, one of the greatest videos came out, and it was the two guys doing a chicken nugget song. Like I'm into nuggets, y'all. I'm into nuggets, y'all. Remember? You just unlocked them. I had. Yeah, so I didn't know that existed, and but you sang it, and I remember. We would it. do that, you know. We would go to different places and try to make up a catchy theme song, and and I feel like the difference back then than it is now. And I'll get off this tangent in a second, but back then you did it for the fun. Now you're yeah. trying to do it for that instance, you know, that instant like success. But back then, those guys did that video because they probably thought like, "Oh shit, this is." goofy as hell let's do this we have nothing else to do and that video to me is one of the greatest videos i've ever seen and it, you kind of lose that you know you kind of lose that like just doing it for the fun like lonely island was great yeah yeah like, you know what's disturb you know what's kind of disturbing is like in that early period of like kind of like uh free range like video making youtube whatever it was like when when people would just do whatever and like they didn't care about trend like trends necessarily they're just doing whatever like you would think there would be like there would be like a chaos to that and i'm sure there was you know in terms of like just like you know horrible shit that was just like posted and no one like paying attention to it or whatever but like compare that that feel that era feels like wholesome compared to now you know like now yeah. it just feels now now where everything is like uh, you know, like the most, like you never know if like the most popular like TikToker or whatever like is that you know could be like represented by like an agent and like actually like you know uh, have some kind yeah. of like you know modeling deal or something. Like it's just there, there, there's a chaos to it, and you're just being bombarded with with things, and you don't know. There's like a superficiality, and like you don't know like what, um, where things are coming from and it just like it just feels like untrustworthy right and like even back when it was even back when like vine was like popular oh um like that feel that feels like wholesome compared to to what we have now right like that felt like um it was like a, a platform that was really giving access to people to like express themselves and like be funny when they like wouldn't have that before now it just feels like you know now now like looking at what whatever is like um just like on your like for you page or whatever just feels like you know um being in like a clockwork orange and like having like your your eyes <laughs> yes. uh forced open and like being forced to watch like just like nonsense show. and like chaos images yeah and like last thing i want to say on that is like you, you kind of hit it with like someone starts becoming popular or someone 
with money sees that this person has like the look to be popular and then they have like a content team that will create something to either sell a product or push something and they throw money into like you know modify the algorithm so we all see it and um you know it is it is like kind of weak and watered down content in some ways lacks of originality let's uh get back to the festival so like with the festival approaching are you like nervous how how are you feeling yeah yeah i would say i'm nervous i mean it's my first time in this role i would say i'm pretty nervous but um i think you know i'm not alone you know i i you know we we have another festival director joseph carranza who um also started up this year and it's just been yeah i've been super like i was i was relieved that on on, you know that it wasn't going to be just me um left to like manage this thing um and he's been super supportive and i think we've been able to like compliment each other well so at the very least even if it's like a shit show it'll be a you know it'll be a shared one nice yeah that that was a good way that's a good way of looking into it and anytime planning like a big event i feel like it's a shared experience with you and the team and um i think sometimes you gotta like lean on each other and bring each other down and other times lift each other up Outside of um, this film festival, do you go to any other of the local film festivals? Sure. Like, uh, let's see. Um, well, Black Star is the big one. Yeah. Um, they usually have a great lineup. Uh, I mean, I think we have some crossover uh, as far as our program. I think there might be a couple, maybe maybe just one, one or two films that um, that overlap with theirs. But yeah, they always have a great lineup. Who else? There's a the Philly Latino Film Festival are great. Um, we've we've worked with them a bunch in the past. There's uh well there's the Philly Independent Film Festival. Um, uh, I don't know if you know the Philly. Um, what are they called? I think they're the Philly Unnamed Film Festival. Yes, I've I've heard of it. I I have not attended yet. They're they're that's definitely one of the more interesting ones. Um, uh yeah, that's that's one I would like. To, I would definitely plug. They do like kind of more like weird genre stuff but just generally like weirder stuff for anyone going to this like for the first time or the first time in person because i know you guys did some like digital um or virtual sorry virtual uh what, what should they expect from like going to a viewing yeah i don't know honestly uh expect the unexpected i guess so the past few years like i said 2020 was fully virtual 2021 uh i think we had two in-person films Last year we had four, and then this year we have ten in-person screenings plus two additional events. And I think if people have been to the festival in the past within the past few years, the in-person thing events should be pretty similar. Um, they've been an Asian Arts Initiative, so it'll be the same venue. Nice. Yeah, and shout shout out to them. They've been they've been super great working with us. Yeah, I mean it, it's fairly low key. You know, it's not super extravagant be in Chinatown and, and be working with a venue that is generally like platforming other like Asian artists. Um, and they're, they're great in general with their, their other stuff. They, you know, they have a, they have an art gallery. They have a bunch of other events throughout the year as well. But yeah, to get back to your question, um, I genuinely don't know what you can expect other than, yeah, just a very eclectic, interesting array of, of films. How does it feel for like you and the team? Because like a lot of these films, I looked through it, and a lot of these films like they would never get shown in this city. Um, 
not saying like never, uh, you know, like this, they've got, there's a lot of cool, but like, you know, like you're kind of giving a voice to a filmmaker and exposing them to an audience that, you know, wouldn't, would probably wouldn't have the opportunity to see it, especially since like majority of the tickets, like this is a very affordable festival. Yeah. Well, well, right. That's the thing. That's the thing with small film festivals. Right. And I think that's why they're, there's, they're important. I mean, I guess, uh, you can you can you can make the case for for all film festivals to a degree, even the bigger ones. But like the thing is that it's it's this weird paradox where one would think that with how much how many platforms exist now, um, as far as like streaming or or yeah. whatever, like there there's so many ways to get your work out there, and yet it feels like despite that, they're like it's actually more difficult to to see great film, like to to, to see a wider variety of films. Not even you know new releases, but even older films, which just like oh if you know if they're not you know if they're not on this particular platform, they're just gone forever, right? Or you know you just have to find find them somewhere. And with the you know there being like less and less like physical media, it's even so like I feel like to me that's what is so great about film festivals is like you get the opportunity to see something that you may never get to to see anywhere else again, right? If if something doesn't find a distributor, if a film doesn't find a distributor, then it you know, who knows when you're going to have the opportunity to see that film again. But um, if you find it, just happen to find it at a film festival, you just think it looks interesting. Like, you might see something great, and it could just be a singular experience, right? Uh, and that's sort of, that in itself is kind of missing now, of, like, this, this singular experience of, like, discovering a movie that, like, no one else you know, like, has seen, right? Um, yeah. It, it feels like a, a rare experience nowadays. And... I think that that's something that I really appreciate about about film festivals. We, we, know, did we I answer to, your question? I yeah, no, that, I think that was like a perfect answer. Okay. I, I really value like the physical experience of going to see a movie, whether it's in like a theater like the Ritz, the Boris, or, you know, like AMC or Filamoca or like Underground Arts or Asian Arts. Like I, I love uh, the physical experience. And when, when you were saying like, I we, I we try to recreate that here because uh, in a way that, we go to the movies a lot, and um, Enrique never knows really what movie we're seeing. <laughs> nope. So, like, he kind of just arrives, and, like, we have the ticket, and and he's just, like, in the theater, and then he figures out what movie we're seeing. And, like, I know, for the most part, I know that we're seeing a movie. I just never know what movie we're seeing. And, and I noticed, and it happened one, it, it happened once randomly, a while back and it's because like it's like Tuesdays are you know I, I get out of work late and stuff and I just forgot and then I went into that movie and I said wait this is great like I don't care what movie the thing is I just love going to the movie so it's I don't care what movie we're watching I want to see it and I know I've seen the trailer for it but it's like stumbling across a brand new movie even though we were I was told what movie in a group text, it's just always like, oh, wow, we're watching this. Like, that's great. I that have the complete opposite experience. I plan what movies we're going to see, like, months ahead. I have them in my calendar. If it's a release that I'm excited about, I put it in my calendar and I, like, count down the days. Right, that's fun. I mean, that's always fun, too. And, you know, that's just another, like, I, another side of the same coin, I think, of, like you know the the ritual of, of going to the movies and like you know getting to see something for the first time or maybe it might not even be for the first time i yeah. mean if, if thing you know 
if it's a, a screening of a film that you love, that that could just yeah, that could work too. Like in in a way, like I'm really excited for the um I Grizzly film, uh that's gonna be at at there. Like when I read the once when I was like flipping through and I saw a lady wearing a Grizzlies jersey, I had to stop, um, because I was like, what well, what's going on here? And then and I I read it and I was like, oh man, like I I definitely have to see this um so like I'm, I'm super excited for for that role so like i am like counting down the the, the days for that yeah the grizzly truth right and um yeah the grizzly grizzly truth yeah grizzly truth. yeah I, i'm pretty excited about that movie it's you know for those who haven't seen our program it it's like um a sort of sports doc mixed with sort of a uh, investigative like they bill it as like true crime but like it's not really true crime. It's just like in the style. Uh, it, it, it's sort of about figuring out the, um, the mystery of what happened to the the Grizzlies, uh, yeah. the, the basketball team. They moved out of Vancouver. And, um, and, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I literally, I I didn't say Vancouver because I literally forgot which Canadian city it was. Yeah. Um, but, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 a really interesting premise, and I thought it it was a sort of film that we haven't really uh had in our program before, so it would be interesting. To see, yeah, you know who who turns out for it, whether people are into it. I'm excited to see it. A few years ago, a guy from Vancouver crashed in in, in one of my spare one of my spare bedrooms in my apartment for a while. I, I had a roommate who knew him, and I, I this guy walks out wearing a Vancouver Grizzlies jersey, and like we got to talking, and like it's it's like been like 15, 20 years since they moved, and he's still hurt. Like he's like. That was like my team. That was like my family's team, and for them to leave, it still hurt him. So like I've had this like fascination with it since. I uh, I'm 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 excited for that. Nice. Uh, what what films are you looking forward to in the festival? Like yeah, uh, well the 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 one that I would say I'm most excited for. Um, we have this um this Iranian film in our program um called Punch Drunk. That one is screening on November 11th, which is the second Saturday in the festival. Um, and I'm super excited about that one. Um, it, it's sort of like an action comedy, like martial arts movie. There's a lot. Yeah, it's like it's like a well, you know. There's a lot of genre elements, but it, it's super fun, super interesting movie. I liked it a lot. I think people will love it. But why, why I'm particularly excited about it is because we're going to be their U.S. premiere. Um, Ooh, which, that's exciting. Um, I don't know when the last time we did that was for any film, but yeah. And you know, like I was saying, I have no idea if this film is going to get picked up by any other festivals even in the united states um i hope i sure hope they do but like i haven't seen you know i i haven't seen it garner any attention in this country really i know it played in like a festival over there in iran and and that was pretty much it so it, it would be you know uh, on the one hand it would be super great if like uh, we get to be like a jumping off point for them to like get some attention here or anywhere internationally and, and then if that happens to not be the case and they just play here, then that would be a cool, like, you know, uh, one-off experience that, you know, no one else gets to claim to. So either way, I mean, I'm not going to say I hope that happens. I, I really yeah. hope they do get, you know, some kind of some kind of distribution or some kind of release or whatever. But, like, regardless, it'll be, you know, it'll be cool for for us. And, and I think just even, even them having the opportunity to, like, show their film – in Philly, which who knows if that would have happened otherwise. Like, yeah, I don't know. I'm super excited for that. Oh, uh, that's actually like really, that's really cool. So like as a director, are you too busy to watch a film? I imagine you guys are going to be like 
so busy, but will you be, will you, the both of you be able to like relax and watch a film? You mean, you mean like at the actual yeah. festival? Yeah. Well, probably, I mean, I might slip, you know, I might slip in and out. I probably, I'm not going to sit down. I mean, I literally can't, I don't think afford <laughs> to, to sit down for the entire run of any of the films, but I might say, I might, you know, just go in there and like stand in the back end and watch, watch like a few minutes of one. But yeah, other than that, no. That, that, that is the uh, mark of a director, though. You got to make sure everything is running. That's okay, though. I've seen, I've seen all of them. Nice. I was saying, what's the selection process like? Like, are people sending them to you? Do you guys seek them out? Like, what's... Yeah, so, just, like, logistically speaking, we have we have a team of volunteers who, like I said, when I started, I was a, I was a screener and a programmer. Um, and we have a team of volunteers who, in addition to, you know, myself... We'll watch the submissions that we get, and so we have like a, we'll have like a submissions campaign. Basically, like put out a call, like, "Hey, we're accepting submissions." Usually, it's from like February to July, and yeah, people will submit. I think it, you know it's kind of like a pretty pretty broad array of, of people. I think there's like folks that know about us specifically, or like have screened with us specifically, um, or know people that have screened with us, you know, already, and like you know, think that, you know, they like us and they, they want to submit to us. Um, and there are also people that just like, you know, just like search like Asian film festivals and they're like, well, I'm going to just submit to all those. Cause that's, okay. you know, that, that makes sense. So I think that's, that that's one way that. And then as far as like soliciting films from people, I personally don't like to do that too much just because I like to prioritize filmmakers that want to be in our festival, like of their own, volition you know like right I, I, I guess that's the goal in the end right I, the goal is like we want to be a film festival that like filmmakers like want to submit to we don't want to have to be saying like hey hey like please submit to us especially if it's a situation where it's you know we're trying to like get a big name or like a, a film that's generating a lot of buzz just because of that fact because that to me feels a little bit unfair to like folks that like need the platform right because like at the end of the day like what you know what what purpose do we serve right if it's if 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 in the end if we were just seeking out films that we thought would get us attention then it would be kind of like you know we wouldn't be serving uh filmmakers and i think ultimately that should be number one priority right is like serve the folks that deserve a platform and not just like build up a program that's gonna make us look particularly good Right. I um, it's really great that you said that. I don't want to like speak bad of any place else, but I was at a uh, DC film festival with a friend. Like she was saying, like very similarly, like the knock she had against this film festival was that they really make it so convenient to see the big name ones that are going to be in some theaters or will be streaming, and made it like really inconvenient to see some of the smaller ones mm -hmm. yeah uh this year this year in particular we had i won't i won't say what the film was but there was a film that we semi-solicited and when i when i say that i just mean that like someone like a third party like reached out and like told us to consider the film and so we reached out to the filmmakers and asked them to submit to us and it was a film that we i guess we were being told that this film is going to getting a lot of buzz but you should you should seek it out right and, uh yeah and I, you know and it look you know i i think it's a good film right and, and you know 
Um, nothing against the film at all. But in the end, they they did submit, and then in the end, they had to withdraw. And I wasn't too bummed. I, you know, I wasn't too upset about it. Not because it was bad. You know, not because I disliked the film or, or anything, but just because them withdrawing. Like I knew they're gonna be fine. That film's gonna get uh, probably get some kind of release. You know, they're gonna be okay. They're gonna they're gonna they're gonna make their money back. Whatever whatever's important to them, they're gonna get the film out there, and then that slot can go to someone that you know maybe deserves the platform uh, a little bit more. Yeah, that's great to hear. Um, that that like makes me like look forward to it even uh, more. Is there any ever like how many films do you guys have? And like, is there ever a time where it's like, man, I wish I could squeeze this like one extra in, or is it like a set number? Yeah, for sure. We're not super strict usually about the amount of films, other than uh, it, it just depends on, I guess, like if we want to screen a certain amount of in-person films, like can we, do we have time? Like, can we work it out with the venue? Can we have a venue for that enough time, et cetera? And then like, as far as like virtual stuff, there isn't really necessarily a limit other than just like the, at a certain point, it becomes inconvenient to have like too many films because it's just impossible to like curate individual programs at that rate right like so basically like this year we have i think 99 films total including the short films that we have and then that means so we have let's see um i think 12 features and i guess 87 short films and that's 87 short films in, in divided into 17 uh, individual shorts programs I mean, you know, you spend all this time with, with the films. Who does the discussions? Like, how did they come about? Because I'm, I'm really looking forward to you guys. I saw that you had two community discussions. Yeah. I mean, it depends. So one of the discussions that we're doing, it, it's a being basically, like, organized by this organization, Cinespeak. They're great. They do, you know, they do film screenings. They do a bunch of, like, film-related events. They do a lot in Clark Park, right? They do. Yeah, yeah. And so... Uh, this year we asked them, basically they do, they have this series called In Process Talks where they'll invite like a, a filmmaker to, to talk about their process and like maybe like a project that they're working on and, and kind of like show people like how it's done and like how they, how they particularly like work their craft. Um, and so they will be having a talk with this local filmmaker, Anula Shetty, which should be really fun and interesting. Um, and then the other creative discussion is it's going to be called The Fight for Our Communities, Stories from uh, Save Chinatown and Save UC Townhomes. That one was organized by, um, actually, uh, so our former festival director, Selena Yip, who left that role last year, basically the person that um, me and, and jo Joseph are replacing, she kind of had this project in the works from before she left. And then we heard from the daughter of the filmmaker who made this film, Save Chinatown, John Winglum, who is not, no longer with us. And basically, like, his films had been, like, like rediscovered, I guess. Or, like, I don't know if they ever went anywhere, but, like, she was, she was just saying, like, um, we have these films, we should do something with them. And then that ended up kind of, like, coinciding with a lot of the stuff that was going on around UC Townhomes. I don't know if you're familiar with that yeah. whole... Yeah, that, that whole struggle that's been going on. And so... I think Selena just thought that would be a cool thing to like, yeah, draw parallels and like talk, you know, it's just sort of an opportunity to have a talk with people that are involved in that, um, people in, that are involved in the fight against the, the arena in Chinatown, like a bunch of things that are sort of coinciding 
yeah, it should be a really interesting discussion, a really timely discussion. Yeah, and that's that's totally free to attend. That event is going to be at the Chinese Christian Church and Center. It's called also called right. C Four. Um, it's very close to Asian Arts Initiative, but that place seats also seats like four hundred people. So I'm hoping we're hoping for like a huge turnout, especially since it's free. That should be really interesting. Uh, super excited for it. I really, 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 like truly hate that they approved the building of the um, arena down in Chinatown. I, I remember when Pat first brought it up and I love sports, man. I love sports, but I feel like there's certain things you just don't do. And you just, you just cannot ruin people's lives just to make a buck, you know? And Absolutely. it's, it's such a shitty thing it, it's even the the worst part about it is that the stadiums are all of the Philadelphia sports stadiums are in a perfect place. Like there was, there's absolutely no reason to build that arena downtown. Like you're taking away businesses. You're basically taking away Chinatown. Like why the fuck would you, you know, like why would you do that? Why, what, I mean, I understand you put it downtown, you bring money, whatever, but you're, it's like you're ruining Chinatown. You know, it's, it's I don't know, it, it's such an ugly thing. And I'll talk to Pat, maybe I, I would love to go because I think the arena down there is such a shitty idea, but I, it's nothing I, I can do about it. Yeah. When I remember, I'm not going to, I just, I, would, uh, I was reading an article and it was by a, a a writer, a sports writer that I actually like, like and respect in the city. And they said like it's adjacent to Chinatown. I was like, man, I want to punch you in the face. Like, I was like, shut up. This is it is not. I I was like livid over that, and like really let down by that writer. They did retract a statement, and did other, but like yeah, either here or there. Like, um, I echo the same sentiment um, from Enrique and. Most people in the neighborhood, both that we live in, which is like the Eraserhood and um, Chinatown. Yeah, I, I, I am. I hate it. And I don't, I'm not even from Philly and I don't even plan on like spending my whole life in Philly. But I love Philadelphia and I, I, I visited a lot when I was a kid. I live there now. It's such a great city. It's way better than New York City. And you're you're just you're going downtown and you're just going to ruin downtown. It's, I don't know. It's ridiculous. Yeah. I, I mean, I it's, it's, you know, it's not, it's not, it's not a Philly thing. It's just a human thing, right? Like yeah. this, should, this type of thing is happening everywhere. Oh yeah. 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 Definitely. I, I just, I, I, there's a, there's a certain, there's a certain level of respect. I feel that the people, the suits, as I call them mm. should have, but don't have. And the stadiums are the perfect place. You take the Broad Street line, you know, boom, you're there. Hop on the Walt Whitman if you're coming from anywhere else. I mean, they're in a perfect spot. You're not bothering anybody, but now you want to bother somebody. I, I don't, I don't understand that. And it takes away because I love, like, I love taking people to Chinatown when they, when they first get, um, like, people that I, like, tour around Philly, like, my family and stuff like that. I love showing them the arch. I love walking up and down the streets, you know, and once this happens, you can't 
you just can't show people Chinatown because there's going to be a, just a bunch of shitheads there at the stadium or at, at the arena. Hopefully, or at the arena. hopefully not. Like I'm will always remain hopeful, but yeah, yeah I, I just want you to know that I, I'm. If that day I have nothing going on, I will try my best to be there. Appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. there's a few other films I'm, I'm looking at. And I'm trying to make. I, uh, the the one you mentioned was a Punch Drunk. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was one that I that looked really interesting. I'm trying to make that. Hopefully, like scheduling works out. I'm I am like super excited for this festival. Uh, we'll we'll wrap this up. I got a few quick questions. What is uh the 13th look like for you? Know, this ends on the 12th. Are you like going to be like so exhausted? Like what 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 are you going to be doing after it? And are you going to watch movies or are you like you know what? I'm just going to be like reading books. I had enough. Um yeah, uh well, just like completely being like super literal uh on the 13th, I think we're just, we're going to have to be like unloading and like moving uh, all our things from the venue like back to storage. So, it's not going to be fully it's not going to be fully over for us, but uh day after that, I probably will take 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 a couple days off maybe. And then uh I think usually we're we're into like doing a bunch of like administrative things. So, I we're usually pretty pretty much in festival mode like year round to some degree. And then eventually it's going to be back into, you know, planning for 2024. I, I imagine like December, I'll probably like try to like find a good block in December to like chill. But then, you know, as far as movies are concerned, I don't really, I think I'm good at like compartmentalizing. I don't like, you know, it, watching movies for, you know, for for my own, you know, personal like enjoyment doesn't ever feel like work. So I think that should be fun. I mean, it, you know, I don't know what's, I'm not really like sure what, is like going to be out that I'm super looking forward to seeing after that, um, after the festival's over, but I'm sure there'll be something. You just got to ask Pat to buy you a ticket, send it to you and just go. Believe me. <laughs> yeah. That's the way to do yeah, it. Yeah. If you're, if you're ever bored on a, on a Tuesday, we go, I'll, I normally take the Paco over cause we go to, they, they work in Jersey, mm-hmm. take the Paco over. The Cinemark does like $5 movies on Tuesday. There's a, a places in Philly that do it as well. But um, yeah, if you ever want to go to a film with us, let us know. Right on. Open it just real quick, I guess the to to end on this and and this episode, just give us a quick like pitch of like who you are and where to where to get tickets and yeah. So you can find our tickets um if you just go to like paf dot org p a a f f dot org, there'll be a link right on the front page. I think it, it'll, it literally says buy tickets here and you can click that and you can get to it. Just want to make it clear. I know it's already been mentioned, but if you cannot attend films in person for whatever reason, for accessibility reasons, for whatever reasons, um, or if you're literally just not in Philly, there's a bunch of stuff that you can watch virtually still. Yeah, you can you can, you can can get a pass to, to watch all of our virtual programs. You can watch them individually. Some of our feature films are available to watch virtually as well, um, and as well as all of our shorts programs. So there's like a whole lot you can choose from. Even if you can't make it to the in-person events, there's a bunch that you can watch. But yeah, that's that's basically it. I hope, I hope folks listen to this and, and come out. Thanks so much for coming on. Anyone else have any final words, thoughts? No, just thank you so much for coming on. We do appreciate it. Uh, again, I am so sorry I was late, but uh, I, I do appreciate your patience and taking the time to chat with us. And good luck. I mean, putting together 
putting together an event is tough. It, for my job, Julia and I, well, Pat too, when, when he was working here, you know, we, we would have to put a, together like community events and stuff. And people don't understand like all the little tedious things that go into planning any event. So from, I guess, event planners to another yeah. <laughs> event planner, I, we, we do wish you the best of luck because I can only imagine how stressful that is to put that together. And then right away, the next day, you're like, boom, let's think about the next one. So For I, sure. I, yeah, well, listen, I'm, let me just say, I, I am super grateful that I get to do this, to, to do this job. You know, it does get stressful, um, obviously, naturally, like, like you said, but yeah, it, it is like a, a privilege to be able to do it, to be able to like watch these films and like engage with these things and, and be the person that gets to, to platform folks that I, that I really respect and like and get to, you know, show these films to audiences. Yeah, I, I'm really happy that I, that I get to be doing this and getting to be sharing it with people. But yeah, thank you so much for for having me and for inviting me. It's been a, it's been a pleasure. Yeah, thanks, thanks so much for coming on.